KMTT, Kimitzion Tetzetoa. And today is Erev Shabbat Friday. Yud Zayin Kislev, 17th day of Kislev. And after a hiatus, a vacation of several weeks, we are once again back in the Erev Shabbat program. Today is Erev Shabbat, Parshat Vayishlach. And it's also one week before Hanukkah. Next Shabbat will be Hanukkah. And so therefore part of our program today will already begin to uh, to get ready for the coming holiday of Hanukkah. Today, Yud Zayin Kislev is an important day in Jewish history. Uh, as I turn the pages of Sefer Ezra to find why it's an important day, it's a date that we don't remember the date, but the occurrence, in fact, is very well known. When Ezra Sofer came to Eretz Israel, sent by the king of Persia, so after he arrived, he discovered that there were problems in the small, basically teeny community who had returned to Eretz Israel after the 70 years of Galut Bavel. Pasuk Perek Tet, Pasuk Aleph, the, the leaders, the Sarim, the princes of the small community came to Ezra and they told him that the community of Sherit Plita, the small community of the Shavet Sion living in Eretz Israel who had come back and had begun, in fact, to build the Beit HaMikdash, but they had not separated themselves, lo nivdalu, from the local inhabitants and their abominations, the Kata'ani, the Chiti, the Perizi, the Yusi, Amoni, the Mo'avi, the Mitzri, and the Amori. They're describing what, if I may modernize it somewhat, what is one of the central themes or the central conflicts within modern Zionism is the return to Israel a means of the land of Israel, the return to the land of Israel, a means of becoming part of the community of nations? Or is it in fact part of the divine mandate to to not be part of the community of the nations? This small community in the time of Ezra had come back to Israel where they were a minority. The majority of the inhabitants were either the original uh, Canaanite or other nations that had moved into the vacuum during the times of the Galut, Amoni, Mo'avi, Mitzri, etc. Not to mention the peoples who had been transported there by the Assyrians earlier and uh, had their own Galut, but they were had been brought in from afar to live in the lands vacated by the Jews. And this minority of Jews within this larger local inhabitants, Amei Ha'aretz, the local people, the people of the lands, and they were basically assimilating to their to their ways. In fact, they were physically assimilating because Pasuk next says, "Ki In fact, they had married their daughters and and their children. Basically, the Jewish people were getting were being lost. They were being absorbed and assimilated within the environment in Eretz Israel. And when Ezra heard this, 
ואמריתה משער ראשי וזקני ואשבה משומם. עזרא tore his clothing and ripped out his hair and he sat silent. He sat devastated on the floor and eventually at the end of the day he spoke to God, he spoke to the people and they made a giant assembly of all the people to come together where Ezra spoke to them and they did tshuva. This assembly took place according to Perak Yud on Chaf Kislev, it's coming Monday. Today, the first of the three days, Yud Zayin Kislev was the day when the, the ball began, when the Sarim came to Ezra to tell him about this. The eventual assembly is perhaps the greatest Kinush Tshuva in Jewish history, where Ezra spoke to maybe a small number of people, but it was the entire Jewish community of Yerushalayim, perhaps of Eretz Israel, and Ezra spoke to them, and Vaya'anu kolakahal vayamru kol gadol. The entire people answered in a great voice, Ken kidvarecha aleinu la'asot. You are right, and we must do as you have said. And then they sat, and within ten days, until uh, Rosh Chodesh Tevet, in a week and a half, and they went over all the families, and they separated the non-Jewish wives, and uh, and they did tshuva. And Ezra saved the community of Eretz Israel, he saved the Jewish people. And that's in fact how the book of Ezra ends. It ends on it ends on that note. Turns out that the period that we think of being Chanukah, which of course doesn't exist in Sefer Ezra, but from Chaf Kislev Ad Alif Tevet Chanukah is from Chafhei Kislev until Bet Tevet but more or less the same period was at this time the time of the founding of the second Commonwealth the founding of Bayat Shini was dedicated to massive national tshuva and I just wanted to uh, you know mention note the significance of both today and the coming week, I think there's a deep connection, <coughs> excuse me, there's a deep connection between national tshuva and Hanukkah. Because after all, what is Hanukkah about? Hanukkah, when you get down to the root of Hanukkah, it's about hitchatshut, it's about renewal. The principle of Hanukkah, as Chazawa distilled Hanukkah, which is about the miracle of the oil cruise in the Beit HaMikdash. So the essence of Hanukkah is that no matter how bad it seems, no matter how much everything has been defiled, you can and will find the little spark, the one drop of oil, from which one can eventually bring forth a great flame. You can purify the Beit HaMikdash and relight beyond all expectations, beyond all rational Proportion, one can relight the flame of the Beit Hamikdash of Torah. In other words, it's about tshuva because the principle of tshuva is the same thing. No matter how bad the situation is, human being, the Jew has the ability to reach in deep, find the inner point, the inner pach shemen, the small vial of oil which has not been defiled, and he can use that to 
we purify the entire edifice. Okay, so that's today. Yud Zayin Kislev, Erev Shabbat Kodesh Vayishlach. We remember, it only began today, the process took place in the following week, the actions of Ezra Sofer, in one of the both dark points of Jewish history, Jews are a small, teeny remnant in Yerushalayim, but also the point that began the rebuilding of the Jewish community of Eretz Israel and of the Jewish people in general, the point at which they began to build what we call Bayit Sheni, the Mishnah, Talmud, Beit HaMikdash. All of Jewish history springs from this, from this, from this point. Our guest today, as is Amin Hag on uh, the Erev Shabbat program, our guest today is Harav Yair Khan, who will speak to us a sicha about Pashat HaShavua and also about the coming holiday of Hanukkah. Harav Khan. Pashat Vayishlach begins describing the messengers that Yaakov sent to Esav. The messengers return with the news that Esav is coming to Yaakov along with 400 people. At this point, Yaakov becomes very, very worried and scared, and he splits his machana, he splits his camp into two, claiming that if Esav attacks one camp, the second camp will be able to run away and survive. Now, at this point, the Torah mentions the tefillah that Yaakov prayed to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Vayomer Yaakov, Elokei Avi Avraham, Elokei Avi Yitzchak, Hashem HaOmer Eli, Shuv La'atzecha, Ulemoladetcha, Ve'etiva Imach. Katonti mikol ha-chasadim, Umikol ha-emet, Asher asita et avdecha, Ki b'makli, Avarti et ha-yadein hazeh, Ve'ata hayiti l'shnei machanot. Hatzileni nam yad achim yad esav, Ki arei anochi otov, Penyavo v'ikani, Eim albanim. Yaakov said, God of my father Abraham and my father Yitzchak, HaKadosh Baruch Hu said to me, return to your land and I will do good for you. I am not worthy of all the chesed and all the truth that you have done to me, your servant. Because I crossed over this Jordan with my staff, and now upon my return, I have become two different camps. Save me from my brother from Esav, because I fear him, and I'm afraid that he will totally destroy my entire family. And you said that you would do good for me, and that you would make my seed like the sand of the of the sea that cannot be counted because it's so great and so large. The phrase that caught my attention is Ki v'makli avati et ha'yadein hazeh v'ata yiti l'shtei machanot. Yaakov tells HaKadosh Baruch Hu that the chesed that you did for me is so great because when I ran away from Eretz Yisrael towards Lavan, I ran away and I crossed the Jordan River with only a staff. And now upon my return, I have become two camps. The reason that this struck me as odd is because the only reason that Yaakov became two camps is because upon his return, 
he found out that Ya'esov ya- is coming to meet him with 400 people. And because he was afraid and scared, he split his one machane into two, so that in case, in the event, that Esav attacked one machane, the second machane would be able to run away. So why does Yaakov consider the fact that he has become two different camps as a chesed of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, when the split of his one camp into two was done because of the threat of Esav? In truth, the answer to this question is very, very simple. Only at this point that Yaakov was forced to split his camp into two did he realize that the one camp that he had was in effect capable of being split into two. In other words, he had so much, so much both in terms of family members, so much in terms of, of property, that he was able to take that one camp and split into two independent camps. It was un- up until this point, he may not have realized that he had so much property and so much family that they actually constituted enough to be split into two camps. Now, because Esau came, and he was afraid of Esau, and he was forced into splitting his camp into two, all of a sudden he realized how much and how great the chesed of HaKadosh Baruch Hu had been throughout his years in Lavan's house. However, it seems to me that this answer should be understood at a much deeper level. If we take a look at the psukim at the end of Parshat Toldot, in Perech of Zayin, Pasuk, uh, Pasuk Mem Gimel, we'll find that Rivka sends Yaakov to the house of Lavan in order to run away from, from Esav, who is planning to kill Yaakov after, after Yaakov stole the brachot from him. You should stay with him for a few days until your brother comes down. That is only one of the reasons that Yaakov was sent to Lavan. The other reason that Yaakov was sent to Lavan is in order to begin a family. I'm disgusted by the daughters of Chet, one of the nations of Canaan. And at that point, Yitzchak calls Yaakov, You are not to take a wife from the daughters of Canaan. Go! to Padanaram, to the house of Betuel, the father of your mother, and you should take from there a wife, from the daughters of Lavan, from Lavan, your uncle. May HaKadosh Baruch Hu bless you and make you fruitful and multiply, and shall you become a community of nations. So what we find is that Yaakov is being sent to the household of Lavan for two different reasons. He's being sent to Charan in order to run away from Esav, and he's being sent to Padan Aram in order to, to find a wife and to establish a family. And 
And as a matter of fact, we'll find that when Yaakov leaves Eretz Kanaan in order to go to Lavan's house, the Torah mentions it twice. In Perek Chavches, Pasuk Hey, it says, Vayishlach Yitzchak et Yaakov, Vayelech Paden Aram, El Lavan ben Betuel Harami, Achirifka em Yaakov Esav. Yitzchak sent Yaakov, and he went to Padan Aram, to Lavan, the son of Betuel Arami, the sister of Rivka Im Yaakov Esav, the mother of Yaakov Esav. However, we find that Yaakov leaves again in order to go to Haran. In Pasuk Yud it says, Vayetze Yaakov mi Be'ershava vayelech Harana. Yaakov left Be'ershava and he went to Haran. In other words, the Torah, the, the Torah refers to Yaakov's journey to the house of Lavan two independent times. At one point it describes Yaakov as going to the house of Lavan who lives in Padanaram, and at another time it refers to him going to, towards Haran. And these two different verses reflect the two different reasons that Yaakov was sent to, to Lavan. He was sent to Lavan in order to run away from Esav, and he was sent to Lavan in order to find a wife and to establish a family. When the Torah refers to the to being sent to Lavan to, to find a wife and establish a family, it refers to it as Padan Aram. When it refers to uh, Yaakov, the fugitive, running away from Esav, it refers to uh, to base Lavan as being in Haran. Obviously, Haran and Padan Aram are in the same place, but nevertheless, this distinction highlights the difference between these two different uh, reasons for going to Lavan's house. At the beginning of Vayishlach, we find Yaakov on his return to Eretz Canaan, returning from Beit Lavan. The first thing that he does is he sends a message to Esav. Esav comes to meet him. The scene between Yaakov and Esav will play out immediately. But we also find that all of a sudden Yaakov, who is forced to split his machana into two, all of a sudden realizes that he has also, that HaKadosh Baruch has also fulfilled the promise that he gave him, and that in the house of Lavan, Yaakov has become not one machane but two. The double machane, which Yaakov all, all of a sudden discovers, reflects not only the size of the machane, but its complexity. The fact that it's not one harmonious family unit, but rather, it's already the embryonic creation of Am Yisrael, which has within it a certain amount of complexity, a certain amount of diversity of opinions, which are reflective of the two different machanot. And is it so far, if we would suggest, that the two machanot that are being referred to over here are perhaps the machane of Leah and the machane of Rachel? On the one hand, Leah, Leah and Rachel are the source of a lot of strife in Am Yisrael. The coming parashiot are filled with the story of the brothers who sell Yosef and all the hardship that that causes, and of course, Masa Avot Siman Labenim, and the, the tension between Yosef and Yudah continues throughout, you know, almost throughout Jewish history. The fact that uh, the brothers go to Shechem. Shechem is also the place where the where Malchut Yisrael is separated from Malchut Yehuda, 
And uh, of course, there's the Malchut of Shaul, who comes from Yosef, and there's the Malchut of, uh, of Yehuda, of David, who takes over, and uh, so forth and so on. Trouble arises when the diversity and the differences between Leah and Rachel, between Yosef and Yehuda, are a source of strife, or a source of contention, when there's diversity and there's no harmony. However, the, in, a, in an ideal state, the Yehuda and Yosef are representative of two different ideas and two different ways of worshipping HaKadosh Baruch Hu, which is supposed to form a more complete harmony, a harmonious existence, as opposed to a um, monotonic existence that one would have if one did not have any diversity. Any nation, certainly Am Yisrael, has to have a certain amount of diversity, and that diversity is, is expressed by Yosef and Yudah, or perhaps by the entire system of Yudbet Shifteka, uh, or the Shishim Ribo of people that one has in Am Yisrael. In an ideal sense, state, all these different ideas and ways of worshiping HaKadosh Baruch Hu, all the different Shvatim, each Shevet, which is reflective of a different way of worshipping HaKadosh Baruch Hu, is supposed to form a harmonious uh, existence in which there is a lot of appreciation of other ways of worshipping HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and each particular Shevet retains, is loyal to his own personal expression, while being respective of other ways of, of, of worshipping HaKadosh Baruch Hu as well. This creates a more harmonious and a more complete and a more full uh, type of worship of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Of course, when each Shevet feels that his way and his way only is the only way to worship HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and there's a rejection of any other form of, of uh, Avodos Hashem, that, that causes uh, is, you know, a destruction of the unity of Am Yisrael, cacophony replaces harmony, and then uh, that's where all the problems begin. The harmony between Leah and Rachel is expressed in a short little part in, in Vayetze, in Paraklam, in Pesach Yudalad, you have this whole story of the Dudaim. At first glance, you know, the, the entire story doesn't really make that much sense. Uh, Ruvain found Dudaim, Rachel asked for the Dudaim, uh, Leah said, you, you took away my husband and I, you also want to take the Dudaim that my son found. And Rachel says, therefore you will be able to sleep with Yaakov tonight. And at that point, uh, Yisachar is born. A very, very strange story, and it's not clear what it means. The Medrash says, Hadudaim nat nureach. It quotes a pasuk in Shir Hashirim, Hadudaim nat nureach. And then it says, This is Zvulun and, and Yisachar, who are known to be a very, very harmonious uh, couple. Uh, according to Chazal, so Yisachar sat and learned, and Zvulun supported him. It was Dudaim nat nureach is reflective of a certain amount of harmony. Uh, this harmony is also, I think, uh, reflected in the story of the Dudaim. According to many Mufarshim, the Dudaim had a school of being able to make a woman fertile. Uh, Rachel is known that she was not fertile, she was not karash, she couldn't have any children. Until this point, she did not have any children. And she asks Leah to give, to give her the Dudaim of, of Ruvain. At first, Leah says, no, all that I have is the fact that I'm fertile and you're not. Yaakov loves you, but at least I'm able to bear his children. If I give you the Dudaim, then what is left for me? And Rachel says, okay, you know what? I think you should also have a certain amount of the love that I'm awarded 
he, you can sleep with him tonight, but for that, please give me the dudaim. In other words, what you have here is that each side gives up, sacrifices a little bit of what they have. And what's born from here is that beautiful harmony between Yisachar and Zvulun. Obviously, over here, between the two different sisters, you also have a certain amount of that harmony, as opposed to the normal tension and contention that uh, sometimes we feel exists between the Bnei Rachel and the Bnei Leah. In any event, what we have at the beginning of Eishlach is that all of a sudden, when Yaakov reflects upon his Machaneh, he realizes that it's, not, it's no longer just simply a family. What he has all of a sudden is the beginning of a nation. There are two Machanot over here. There's the Machaneh of Leah and there's the Machaneh of Rachel. This too is the, can potentially cause a lot of problems and as Jewish history progresses, many times it will. But eventually, when these two different Machanot begin to appreciate each other and create the more perfect wholeness that one has when there's a certain amount of diversity and harmony, these two machanot are what begin to form the Yud Bet Shifteka, the complete nation of Am Yisrael. Diversity is essential for the growth of any nation, the development of any nation, and certainly that's true with Am Yisrael as well. The problem is when the differences and the diversity creates tension, creates strife, creates creates tragic results, at that point, there's a problem. We're almost uh, upon Hanukkah, and according to the sources, Hanukkah was not only a rift between, or a, a Muhammad war, between Yehuda HaMakabi and the, the Yevanim, or the Seleucidians, but rather, what was at the center was really a lot of tension between the Misyavim, who were Jews, who bought into Greek culture, as opposed to Matityahu and the Maccabin, who were steadfast Baliyamuna. It was tension between Jew and Jew, not only between Jew and non-Jew. The war was between the Maccabin and the Greek army, but the tension and what led up to the war was, the, was between the Maccabin and the Messiavdim. We see that tension between Jew to Jew can go so far that certain Jews join our enemies and they have to be stopped. However, in an optimal situation, the fact that Atahaiti the Shnemachanot indicates to Yaakov Avinu that although when he left Eretz Canaan, he crossed the Jordan with one staff, upon returning, all of a sudden not only is he returning in order to meet Esav and resolve perhaps their differences, but he is also returning as having fulfilled the, the shlichut of his father, to go to Padanaram, to have a wife, to begin a family, and to begin to become a kahalamim, a community of nations, to begin to, to become a, a community which is the beginning of the nation of Am Yisrael. When I went and I crossed the Jordan, I went with one staff, and now, upon my return, all of a sudden I realize that we're not only a family. All of a sudden I realize that we have become shte machanot. We have become two different machanot, which is certainly a challenge, but certainly has the potential of eventually developing into a great nation. You've been listening to Rabbi Yair Khan of Yeshivat HaRetzion, the Sicha for Parashat Vayishlach.
As you recall, in the beginning of the parsha, when uh, Yaakov struggles with the mysterious man, universe identified as an angel in Chazal, but it says in the pasuk, somebody, a man, he struggles with him all night. And at the end, the uh, I will follow the lead of Chazal and call him the Malach, the angel. The angel says to Yaakov, Shalcheni ki ala Send me, because the dawn is breaking. So, uh, of course, it makes no sense. What, what, what's the connection? What, why, because the dawn is breaking, does he have to be released? So Rashi brings the Midrash, which says, what he's saying was, Malachani. He said to Yaakov, I'm an angel. Chazal see the angels as Sharim Shira. They have the purpose of singing praise, singing the song, the celestial song, in the presence of God. And so the Malach says, I, my moment, I have been, from the day that I have created, the moment that for my Shira is now. So if you don't let me go now, I've blown it. I, I've, I've lost my, my purpose in creation. I've never had a chance to sing. Now is the time. This is connected to an idea that I think is very, very important in Musr and Machshava, that everything has its moment. It could be that there are things which exist in our world which you don't see any purpose for, but there'll be one moment which justifies their existence. Malachim, who are created for only one purpose, Ein Malach Malachim are, they're not individuals who look for things to do. They look for self-fulfillment, as perhaps we do. But they're, they're messengers of God. They're created to do something. So the Malach exists for that one second, which is his moment when he's supposed to sing Shiva. It also indicates that every person has a unique moment. This is your moment. You can sing in another moment. Your song won't be appropriate then. And no one else can sing in your time. So Malach says to Yaakov, let me go now, because the breaking of this dawn, that's my moment. I'm waiting. I have a, I have a hazmana. I have a ticket. Now is when I have to sing my, my note before God. Rav Chaim, Rav Chaim Briska, Rav Chaim Salvechik explained the following. What is, what is Shirat HaMalachim? What do we mean the Malachim sing songs? He says, the song of a Malach is the fulfillment of his, his job, of his Shlichut. Malachim are created for a purpose. When the purpose is fulfilled, that's his song. He, 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 he's, he's, he's fulfilled what he has to do. Now, this Malach, who was fighting with Yaakov, was identified by Chazal as being Sarosh Aleisav, as being the, the Malach, the principle, the inherent ideal of Esav, Harasha. And Esav is, who Satan, who Malach Amavet, who Yetzahara. His job is to be the counterpoint, to be the challenge to be the Yetzahara for Yaakov. That's his purpose. He exists in order to to be the opposite, to be the enemy of Yaakov and Israel, of, of, of the divine mission of the Jews in the world. Later on, Chazal identified Esav, who Edom, with the Roman Empire, usually called Malchut HaRish'a in Chazal, kingdom of, the kingdom of evil the evil kingdom. It represents the antithesis to God's kingdom, which is Israel. Now, Rav Chaim said, you have to realize, we're, we're, we're Jews, we don't think that there's an independent devil. 
What is the purpose of Yetzirah? What is the purpose of Malach Hamavet? It's not the purpose isn't to corrupt the Jews. The purpose is to challenge the Jews to overcome him. His purpose is to lose. God created the Yetzirah so that people could destroy the Yetzirah. So therefore, when is the shlichut? When is the purpose of Saroshel Esav fulfilled? At the moment that he is overcome by Yaakov, which is now. All night they struggled, and Yaakov overcame, or at least he defeated. He didn't exactly overcome him, but he defeated. He successfully resisted and defeated the actions of the Sarosh Esav. And therefore, now, at this moment, for the first time, have we had the instance whereby Israel, he changed his name from Yaakov to Israel, Israel has overcome Esav. Esav exists to be overcome by Israel, and therefore this is my moment of Shira. I once heard a, a story about a different Pasuk in the Pasha, which I don't know if it has a great uh, lesson to record, but it's an interesting story. When Yaakov meets Esav, so Esav says, you know, let's, let's travel together. Take a little walk together. Yaakov says, no, 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 I have a lot of children, it's very difficult for me. na Adoni Avado. Let my master, Esav, go ahead. I'll follow you, but at my own slow pace. Chazal, and the Medrash Rabbah brings a number of cases like this, Chazal uh, viewed the story of Yaakov's encounter with Esav as a model for how we should uh, act with Esavim, with the children of Esav in the future. The Medrash describes how Rabbi Yudha Nasi, who was the leader of the Jewish community in Israel, is the patriarch, and he had to therefore represent the Jews to the Roman authorities. He would say, I'm going to do what my Yaakov did. He would look for Yaakov for advice as to how to handle ourselves when faced with superior uh, powers of the world, just as Yaakov met the superior power of Esav. And so the story is told, he told it himself. The Panavij Rav, the founder of the Shiva of, 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 of Panavij, the Rav of Panavij in Europe, and later on the founder of the Shiva of Panavij in Eretz Yisrael and Benibak, was one time in New York on a fundraising uh, mission for, for his yeshiva. And he said he was traveling on the subway. It's a story that any, any New Yorker will appreciate the story, but I imagine everybody else can do it as well. He was traveling on the subway, and uh, some of the local uh, youth began to uh, uh, trouble him. It's a nice expression in Hebrew, nitpalu elav. They uh, attached themselves to him. And he didn't know what to do. It was a bit of a problem. But then he said... Uh, it was Pashat Yishlach, apparently. It was this week's Pasha. And he remembered this week's Pasha, he remembered Chazal's advice, learned from Yaakov. So he said to them, he said, you know, I have to go to this and this place, I don't know how to get there, maybe you can tell me how to get there. They said, sure, you get up to the next stop, and then you have to walk a little bit. You know what, we'll show you how to go. He said, thank you, that's so nice of you. So the next stop they got off, and he very nicely, you know, suggested they get off the train first, they get off the train, he Timed it right. As soon as they were off the train, he took a step back, the doors closed, and he could continue on his journey to where he really was going, leaving them outside the car. 
He said, where did he learn this from? He learned this from Yaakov Avinu. Ya'avona Adoni Lefanai, Lefnei Avdor, Ve'ani et Nalaliti. This is the way you should handle Esav. Tell him, you go first, I'll be right behind you, at my own pace. And then of course Yaakov does not follow Esav anywhere. Esav then goes on to Haseir, Transjordan, and Yaakov, once Esav is out of sight, takes a quick move to the quick move to the left and heads off towards Shechem and never sees Esav, Esav again. So, we can learn from Yaakov Avinu many things of deep spiritual benefit, but also some practical advice how to stay out of trouble when facing uh, danger and superior and superior forces. And, and that's it for today. I wish you all a good Shabbos, Shabbat Shalom and Borach, and we'll be back next week with our regular schedule of Shiurim, starting with Monday, and the Shiur of Harav Tavori in the weekly mitzvah. Kol Tov, Shabbat Shalom. You've been listening to KMTT, Kimitzion Titzei Torah, Udvar Hashem, Mirushalayim.